This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns right here at radio.com. As always, this is our time when we chat about what just happened in the week that was in the NFL and also spin things ahead, in this case, taking a, a sneak peek at week 14. I am Jason Lockenfora. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora. I'm joined as always by the great Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And we have plenty to talk about this week. Some teams we want to highlight, some coaches we want to make sure get their due, and some players, many of them who have probably gone under the radar to even um, some ardent NFL fans who really jumped out on tape for Baldy this week, and we want to make sure we shine a light on them as well. Please check us out on Twitter or, you know, subscribe, rate, review uh, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify. We always appreciate the feedback and comments, and we hope you guys are having as much fun getting through this NFL season as we are. Baldy, we are now into the final month of the regular season. We are very much in the heat of the playoff races uh, and, and another wild weekend of football. Well, I shouldn't even say a weekend because it spanned through Tuesday. Uh, So uh, a wild uh, four or five days of football, Um, uh, some, some upsets, some teams that saved their season, uh, some teams on the brink uh, and, and, I don't know about you, Baldy, but I, I can't wait for Thursday night to get going and, and to start it all over again. Well, just for everybody listening out there, Jason, you know, we taped this on Wednesday morning. It's 930. So week 13 is officially in the books after the Ravens just stampeded the Cowboys last night down there in Baltimore, ran for 300 yards. And Lamar got his, uh, you know, he got his game on and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And, you know, they they look like, they, they have a chance to really rebound here in this last month. But, you know, I thought there was some really some really great football being played last week, to be honest with you, Jason. And, and really, I think we might just start with, you know, some of these coaching changes that were made mm-hmm. last year. I mean, I was in Tennessee to watch Kevin Stefanski and the Browns take Tennessee apart. I mean – they had him down 38-7 at the half, yes, Jason. Sir. Yes, sir. And, I mean, that's about as big a beatdown against a solid football team as anybody could have ever surmised. Yes. And yeah. it was really interesting because they didn't come out and just run Nick Chubb and Kareem no, sir. They came out throwing the football, putting the ball in Baker's hands, and making him make decisions. And I don't know that Baker has played that well since maybe, you know, one of those games his rookie year. And anybody who was thinking that he's going to hold this team back, now, it's, look, I'm not saying Tennessee is a world beater on defense. They certainly have their issues. They picked on a young corner, Breon Borders, all day. But, you know, I think it's – you have to find things about your team, Jason, as we get through December here, about what you can count on when you get to January because Cleveland's going to play in January. Yes. And, and so, you know – I thought that was really good. And then if you look at what Father Judge, you know, and the G-Men are doing <laughs> yeah. out in Seattle, I mean, Jason, that rookie class that the Giants have is is remarkable. And they had a game plan for Russell Wilson that's about as smart 
and uh, and tough for Russell Wilson to figure out as anybody that's faced him. Um, credit Patrick Graham. We're coming up with one different defensive package after another. You're looking at Tay Crowder and Carter Coughlin. You know, seventh round picks. Yeah, yeah. You don't pay any attention to when you when you draft these guys, and there they are. You know, keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket and spying him and. Xavier McKinney is back playing safety for him. And you just look at all these guys. Nick Lalos at a Dartmouth College, um, you know, with a fumble recovery. And they're just – you could go through the whole defensive roster and go, wow, like that's smart football. And then if you look at him, you go, okay, Colt McCoy making his first start since who knows. And he's out there not making a mistake. Yeah. And you go, that's just great coaching. And then – you know, if you look at what Ron Rivera did, you know, against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night, I mean, the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, defensively, goal line stand. Uh, you know, everybody on that draft class from Chase Young, you know, to Cam Curl, you know, in the seventh round out of Arkansas. I mean, those are three great coaching jobs this year in this league, Jason. Yeah, and and look, we we've had our fun um, with the NFC least as as uh, everybody else has at various times, and that division still has its problems. Some of which we'll chronicle um, a little later in the podcast, specifically Philadelphia's quarterback situation coming to a head. But Washington and and the Giants can play some defense, Baldy. And when they're to your point, when the quarterbacks there don't turn it over, um, and and the Giants expect to get Daniel Jones back uh, most likely by week 14 when they protect the football just a little bit and play complimentary to their defenses. Uh, they've proven that, that, you know, those two teams can, can make some interesting things happen. Uh, and, and both have the ability, which, which shocks me in the case of the giants, Baldy to get pressure without having to go crazy to do it with a guy like Leonard Williams coming on. Um, and we know that that that's often the right recipe when you're playing elite quarterbacks, you have to be able to get pressure with with four or sometimes mm-hmm. even three yeah well i mean it's just uh you know you gotta look i mean i don't know that any general manager got beat up worse than dave gettleman and suddenly he's he's, he's looking pretty smart about the coaching decisions some of the personnel decisions including you know signing leonard williams to a franchise tag uh and all that but you know like if you look at inside the giants you know they they play as many three tight end sets as anybody in the league levine toy lolo Caden Smith and Evan Ingram. And they played these sets the first month of the season. And I I, I thought it was comical. I mean, I they couldn't block their shadows. But you know, their tight end coach is Freddie Kitchens. And I haven't seen a group of guys improve. I mean, they look like Mark Bavaro out there the other day, Jason, you know? Yes. And you just go, you know, some teams are getting things done and it shows up on Sunday. And then some teams you look at them and you go, are they practicing to be this bad? So when when I, when I watch a team improve like the Giants to see Jack Del Rio pull that defense together and they're healthy on that side of the ball uh, right now, uh, to see a guy like Cornelius Lucas playing left tackle for the Washington football yeah. team or Logan Thomas at tight end who was a quarterback at Virginia Tech and all of a sudden just, I mean, he's been starting, but now he just burnt. He played every snap the other day against Pittsburgh. You know, when you can measure your progress against a team like the Steelers, you come into that locker room after the game, 
you don't you don't feel, feel like you're going to lose another game. And it's the same thing with the Giants or same thing with Cleveland. When you beat quality teams in December and you beat them up the right way, I, I mean, there's nothing that is off the limits for you right. as a team in what you're capable of doing. Well, Baldy, let's turn our attention to the Steelers, who blew that 14-point lead to the Washington football team. Um, we've talked for weeks now about the Steelers and some of their limitations. They don't run the ball. Heck, Ben doesn't look like he wants to, to run the ball at all. They throw it 50 times a game. They're empty set all the time. He's getting rid of it very quickly. It's all, though, dink and dunk. We're talking the last three weeks. I think he's averaging under six yards per attempt. On defense, the injuries are starting to mount um, yes. and, and, and in significant ways with really impactful uh, franchise-type players. Um, and the margins are getting a little thinner on that side of the ball. Ben is not getting any younger. Uh, they're not probably going to get any healthier other than getting Pouncey back. Um, where are you on the Steelers, Baldy? Well, I don't believe that – what they show against Washington on Monday night, Jason, is going to win in January. Mm -mm. They're going to have a gaudy record. They're going to have, you know, 13, 14, 15, 15 wins. But that doesn't really matter. We've seen the Packers at 15 and 1 get beat in the playoffs. Uh, we've seen the Cowboys with gaudy records. Records don't mean anything. Um, it might get you the number one seed in a bye week. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, how are you playing and how are you going to win games? I don't think that if they can't, you know, they had 14 runs the other day. They don't commit to running the ball, no. but seven of the 14 runs against Washington didn't gain a yard. So, you know, why would you continue to run? Now, I know Pouncey's not in there and Hassan Howard's in there at center, and that's a big drop off, and I get that. But you've got to commit to, you know, some level of balance because if you throw it, you know, that many times, eventually Montez Sweat. Is going to stick that right yep. ball up and tip a ball. You know, Bostick's going to come down with it. You know, and I know Ben hasn't been sacked since November 1st, and that's great. But I don't think you can just drop back 50 or more times in January and win football games. Not in this league. Not The history says that you're not going yep. to win like that. You know, we've seen Sean Payton try to do that, and it doesn't work uh, at times. And then, he, you know, they, they all change, you know. Uh, heck, um, Sean McVay has changed. Yes. You know, you've got to – and so I think what's really important now, if I was Pittsburgh, Jason, I'd go, okay, I, I, we're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to have a, a good record. Man, I would work on my running game right now. I'd work on my weaknesses. If I was Baltimore and I've got a big lead on Dallas in the fourth quarter, I mean, I'd work on throwing the ball. Yeah. You know, and, like, I'd work on my weaknesses yep. while you can right now, when you can. Well, that's going to be an interesting path here for the Steelers. You know, they've, they've got the the Bills. They've got the Colts. They've got the Browns. Um, oh, they're going to get tested. They're, I don't get, think any of those are easy games for them by any stretch of the imagination. Bob. I don't I don't think so either. And so, but you did mention, I, you know, you know, to lose Bud Dupree, to lose Devin Bush, you know, to lose a safety, to lose a corner. All of a sudden you're seeing guys, you know, Marcus Allen playing safety. I'm not knocking Marcus Allen. Well, you're seeing different names out there right now. And, you know, and I, you know, who knows what these young kids are going to be able to do or not do. But, you know, they broke down in coverage last night. Thomas scores a 15-yard touchdown pass. And I don't know what defense they're playing and whose mistake it was, but he's wide open. 
So, you know, you start to see some chinks. You know, you start to see yep. some weaknesses show up, you know, in some of these teams when you start getting that many players, you know, on the sideline. Baldy, we've got some big breaking news in the NFL here. Midweek breaking news. We don't get a ton of that, especially when it involves a $30 million a year quarterback who is very much in his prime and just a, uh, a, a what, not even two full years into that contract extension, now making way for a second-round pick rookie who's never started an NFL game. We kind of saw it coming. Jalen Hurts has been getting a bigger role. But, Baldy, you're, you're in Philly. You, you know the temperature of that town. For Carson Wentz, a healthy Carson Wentz, to be making way for Jalen Hurts with the Eagles' season in the balance and perhaps jobs in the balance for Doug Peterson and others. Uh, boy, oh, boy, this is not how anybody scripted it in Philadelphia. No, it isn't. And it's I've never seen anything like this before, Jason. I've never seen a quarterback go in this direction on this downward spiral. And it's it's been going on for much of the season. But, you know, they, they're in a four-game tailspin right now. And they're a 17-point offense at best. Um, Doug Peterson's job is on the line. You know, Howie Roseman's uh, position as the – you know, vice president, general manager's job is on the line. Carson Wentz is owed $35 million. Maybe you know more about the contract next year. Um, it's almost an untradeable contract. It's tough. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, all these things have loopholes, but it, 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 you know, it, it, to see a guy struggle. And I have been advocating for two weeks that really you, you need to look at Jalen Hurts and it wasn't anything personal and it wasn't, but I think they, they tried to make this work. You can only simplify an offense so much. But every single job and position in the NFL, there has to be a standard of excellence and at any position. And you can be a little bit more patient with quarterbacks sometimes if they're young. But when you're in your fifth year and you're on your second contract and you're one of the highest paid players in the league and you're nobody's responding – too. And nobody for nobody begins to think that it all it, it's all on his shoulders. There's plenty of blame to go around here. But, you know, even when Doug Peterson says, I'm looking for a spark, they need way more than a spark. Yeah. They, they're, a spark won't get this thing moving. They need consistent production from the quarterback position, and they're not getting any of that. And so Jalen Hurts plays, um, you know, 30 snaps the other day. He does some good things, throws a touchdown pass to Greg Ward, throws a, a go route to Jalen Rager for, you know, 30, 34 yards. I mean, he does some good things. Um, took off with it and scrambled a few times. Uh, missed missed some things. Um, but I, I don't think – and look, the, the Saints are the best defense they have seen all year. So this is going to be a tough test for Jalen Hurts, but I don't think there's anything else they could do at this yeah. point. You know, they did draft him with the 53rd pick, and people, you know, really question it, but they have played six postseason games in the last three years, and Carson Wentz has played a total of nine snaps. And so this we're not talking about Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about a guy that has missed a significant amount of time and is untested in the playoffs. So I, I advocated 
drafting Jalen Hurts. I thought it was a good selection. So I've seen P.J. Walker win games in this league, Taysom Hill win games in this league, Justin Herbert win games, um, you know, Tua Tonga-Valoa. I mean, so why not? Why not put Jalen Hurts and let him see what he can do? No, I'm I'm entirely with you, Baldy. To keep to as much as you're paying him and as much as you have invested in him, time, energy, all that, um, that thing was broken and it wasn't going to fix itself. So it'll be fascinating no. to see um, how they rally behind Hurts. And sometimes you you go back to basics. You keep you know keep it simple, stupid. Um, you you put a kid in there. Uh, you know who people can rally behind, and and you never know. Some you know sometimes it turns out to be just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, no, I mean that. Look, that I think they got their fingers crossed. You know, I think they might have made this this move even earlier. Be honest with you, Jason. But the fallout is if Jalen hurts, and the team responds to his leadership and his ability to play the position, then what do you do with Carson? You know, oh. so I think they were fearful yeah. that what if Jalen Hurts outplays him and we, we actually win a game or we play really well or we actually look like an, uh, you know, a football team. And just like in Chicago, when your quarterback play is as dreadful as it is in Chicago, the whole team collapses. I'm sorry that that is just it's it's a phenomenon that is difficult to figure out exactly how it works. But you see it. Every year in the NFL, when the quarterback play is poor, the whole organization suffers. Everybody suffers. And good players on both sides of the ball just are invisible. And so I think defensively they're better than what they showed last week. But at the same time, um, you know, they've got to hold up their end too. One team that refuses to go away, Baldy, the Patriots. They're getting big plays on special teams. Um, which we know is a fetish for Bill Belichick. The defense has certainly been better in recent weeks, and they know who they are offensively, what they can do, what they can't do. Uh, Six and six ain't great by their standards, but it's certainly enough to have them in the mix in the final month of the season. Uh, What what do you think is possible here for New England, Baldy? Well, you know, what they do may be better than anybody in the league, Jason still is they play man defense, man to man defense, like nobody's business. And everybody and everybody that plays, whether it's Stephon Gilmore or JC Jackson or Jonathan Jones or Jason McCourty, I mean pick a guy. I mean they lock you up. Now so you you go to play the Chargers and there's Keenan Allen. He only has 90 catches on the year. He leads the National Football League in receptions. I mean he's completely shut down. Mike Williams, forget it. Hunter Henry I mean, Justin Herbert had thrown touchdown passes in every game. I mean, he come close to throwing a touchdown pass in that game. And so when you can lock up on the outside and all these receiver sets, you know, I mean, uh, you know, and that's what's going to make the, the future, you know, a game against uh, Buffalo interesting, what they like to do, what this Thursday night game against the Rams is going to be like. When they can lock you up, I mean, they can do so many things on the inside. And now all of a sudden, guys like Josh Uche, you know, who's a yep. second-round pick out of Michigan, yep. shows up. And Kyle Duggar. And, you know, Adrian Phillips was an all-pro safety two years ago with the Chargers. Now, he's got a role. And then you look at this team now and you go, defensively, um, they struggled early with a lot of these new players and whatnot and the scheme. But they're healthy right now. And, I mean, if you can keep the score in these games at 17 or lower, 
I mean, Cam, he knows that he can't turn the ball over. Special teams showed you what the emphasis is all about on that side. And I think they'll give the Rams everything they can handle. I mean, I'd take the under in this game uh, on Thursday yeah. night. But uh, they're not going to go away uh, until somebody says it's over for you. So, I mean, they are they do certain things really well, and they play to those strengths. One more team to hit on, uh, Baldy, before we do turn our attention to some of these uh, individual games coming up in Week 14. The Chicago Bears, boy, those heady times when they were five and one. And even though they weren't a very good football team, you could make the case that they, you know, at least in the standings they were. Well, that's obviously all long gone. Um, They're now falling the last place in their division. They can't beat anybody. They've really slipped on defense. Uh, Khalil Mack, some of these guys you've come to expect as week in, week out game records. Um, you know, uh, Quinn, it's just, it's just not happening for them. And offensively, they're as limited as any team in the league. Even when they ran the ball for the first time in forever, Baldy, yeah. against the Lions, they still found a way to lose to a team that just fired their GM and head coach. And I, I, I look, from everything I'm hearing, that is the exact same path that the Bears are on in January in terms of yeah. sweeping changes. Well, it's completely collapsed. I mean, six straight losses to watch Matt Stafford. I mean, he. I mean, threw for 400 yards, and actually, if you watched it, you might have thought it was 500 or more yards. I mean, he basically did whatever he wanted to do against that defense, and all those all those guys that were there that on that Bears defense from two years ago that led the league in turnovers and was number one in the league in points and all that stuff that got him to the playoffs. I mean, it's over. It's just over. I don't care. Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and bringing in Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. And I mean, they're just guys out there. They, they just look like there's just, I'm not saying that there's no fight, but the Packers had their way with them. Yes. Detroit had their way with them. I mean, there's just, there's just very little resistance to this point. And sometimes, I mean, this, this is not an excuse, Jason, but when your offense is as yeah. bad as the Chicago bears offense has been yep. for there's two no years in a row, yeah. And your quarterbacks are the lowest-rated quarterbacks practically in the league. At some point, it, it just carries over. It just does. Like you don't, you don't, you just don't believe that they can do any part of their part, and it's just collapsed right now. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not a pretty sight, and I don't think uh, any help is on the way. I think what you see is what you get. With the Chicago Bears, uh, we talked a little bit, uh, touched on the Giants at the open of the show, Baldy. They get a reeling Arizona Cardinals team this weekend. This looks like teams headed in opposite directions. Uh, all the sort of pizzazz and flash we saw from the Cardinals in the first half of the season, surprising teams with Kyler Murray, him making plays all over the field outside the pocket, that's dried up. Uh, Kyler Murray has not been nearly the factor he was in the run game. Uh, teams have had more success uh, keeping an eye on Nuke and defensively, you know, and, and look, you lose a guy like Chandler Jones. Um, it's going to show up. They have started to slip on defense. Uh, I don't know about you, Baldy. I, I feel like the Giants, if they kind of just stay within themselves, um, they can win this football game. Well, I, I, I believe the Giants will win this football game. Because if you just look at, you know, a little bit of the recipe that the Patriots and the Rams have had on Kyler Murray, which was, I mean, at, at all costs, 
Make him throw the ball from the pocket. Yes. And don't let him escape. I mean, that's really what the whole game plan is. And it shows up in a variety of ways with defensive packages and how they rush him. And when he has to try to do that, he's not very good. Now, we'll see if Cliff Kingsbury has some kind of an answer to what they've seen because the Giants can do exactly yep. what the Patriots and the Rams have done. I mean, you got, they've got all the tools and all the pieces in order to defend him and keep him in the pocket. Um, they're not a power running team, but they run for a lot of yards because of Kyler. But if if they do anything like what they did to Russell Wilson, which is basically just bottle him up and just not allow him to escape, um, and they and the, and the Giants have all of the tools and all the packages that are capable of doing that. Plus, if you look at this giant secondary, I mean, they haven't made a mistake back there. Bradbury has been yes. awesome. Yes. Isaac Yadam came from Denver. I mean, he's playing well. They got McKinney back. Jabril Peppers is doing things I never thought he could do. Um, you know, Logan Ryan's is at safety. I mean, they've got they've got really smart players on the back end of this defense. And the front end has been great all year. So I, I, I think the Giants can defend Kyler Murray and this Arizona team, much like they did to Russell Wilson in Seattle last week. The Raiders are a team to me that's kind of like the, the Cardinals, Baldy, as we've gotten into the meat of this thing now and we're figuring out who's in the dance and who's not. Boy, the Raiders are being exposed a little bit. Some of, of their vulnerabilities are coming to light. Um, you know, look, you don't have Josh Jacobs. I get it. That's a big deal. He's, you know, the heart and soul of that, of that offense. Uh, but, boy, to almost lose to the Jets, we know the Raiders have limitations uh, on defense. Indianapolis is a physical team. Indianapolis last week, the second half in particular, getting Buckner back, getting Altry back, you saw the kind of dividends that paid and what that unit is like when they have those dudes anchoring for them uh, at the point of attack. I kind of feel like the Colts can bully these guys a little bit, and I'm I'm worried about the Raiders. Yeah, I am too. You know, I mean, the, the, the Jets did not deserve to win that game. They did. I mean, Ruggs made the play. You know, I mean, the, you know, the defensive coordinator of the Jets, Greg Williams, you know, is the fall guy for all of that, and probably rightfully so. Um, you let Henry Ruggs out there – you know, on the island with, you know, Lamar Jackson, a rookie free agent corner. I mean, it's just not smart with 13 seconds left in the game. But, you know, you watch the Jets run for over 200 yards, you know, against the Raiders, and you just go, are they ever going to be – I mean, are they ever going to be good on defense? I mean, because all they keep doing is addressing the defense with draft picks and free agency, and they're not any better. They, they, they have an anemic pass rush. Um, they really – they don't play smart football, you know, defensively. No. And so I'm not think I think Philip Rivers will look at this defense and uh, you know, he's very familiar with them playing with the Chargers over the last few years. He kind of knows what they do. I'm I, I expect the Colts to, you know, stay on the winning track here against the Raiders. And look, I know Derek Carr is capable of playing some great football. And if they can run the ball really, really well, which I think they'll struggle this week to do against this defense, then, you know, they look like a much better team. But um, e even if they would get into the playoffs, I, I don't think no. they're capable of, of doing any damage in the playoffs. No, I'm I'm with you there, Baldy. Um, Miami is very much in the mix for the postseason. We don't hear that very often. 
Really rough first half against the Bengals. I liked much more what I saw about uh, of Tua and how they were using Tua in the second half. He obviously has a receiver in Parker he really trusts. He obviously has a tight end in Gesicki who he really trusts. The rest of it, um, I think they need to do some work on. It's not a great offensive line, but they're winning games. The Chiefs, Baldy, to me, a lot of these games, I almost feel like they're a little bored. Like, it's like, We'll show you our A game for a while, and then we're just going to kind of coast and get on to next week because our season doesn't really start until January. I totally agree. I, I totally agree with that, Jason. I think I've – I mean, I, I might have said that a few weeks back that, you know, they they kind of sleepwalk through some yeah. games. They did against Carolina. They almost got beat. I mean, you can go through – they did against the uh, the Chargers early in the year. I mean, honestly and, – and, and there is a little – there is kind of a mental hangover after you've won a Super Bowl and you're first in 50 years, and you feel like, all right, we go play Tampa. It's a big game, big, you know, and you could just carve them up, you know, and you jump out to this big lead, and then you just sort of coast. Mm-hmm. And then they do the same thing last. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I, I think it's mentally that's the challenge for Andy Reid and that team is to try to stay somewhat focused. I mean, you could say, okay, well, Dangle the carrot of being the number one seed now. Now that Pittsburgh, yeah, won. yeah, that that can you, but you don't really think about that on you know De- December thirteenth right. in a football game. You just don't think like that. And so you know, the, there's you know, Arrowhead is one of the great venues in this league to play in, and you know, even with fifteen thousand fans, I mean, there's just really no juice. Yeah, and on the road, there's no. I mean, it's just you're looking for something to go, man, light my fire. You know, yes, and it's just it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, Miami, it's interesting. I mean, they started five rookies last week on offense, Jason. I mean, there was a time in this league <laughs> if you played five rookies Forget about on that. any side of the ball, it, you were just already just looking ahead to the future yes. and just playing out the string. But they bring in Lynn Bowden at wide receiver, drafted by the Raiders out of Kentucky. I mean, he contributed right away, and you know, and then you get three rookie linemen and Tua. Five rookies out there playing the ball, and they're really good defensively. So, and they can. I, what I want to see in this game is I want to see what Brian Flores and his staff does defensively to really match up with the Chiefs because they've got a lot of pieces that can do that. They've got corners that can play, they've got linebackers that can cover tight ends, you know, like a Kyle Van Noy and certain yeah. guys. So, I want to see. I'm interested in just watching that side of the ball and how the Dolphins match up with them. Yeah, I mean, for the Dolphins, this probably feels like their Super Bowl. And to your point, for Kansas City, this is one more game to put an X through until you get to the stuff that really matters. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if uh, Miami can can catch them, uh, catch them sleeping a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, oh. this does not – to me, Baldy, if, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm, I'm coming off really not just the loss to Washington, but how they've looked for a few weeks now, I don't know that Buffalo is the team I want to see. When Milano's healthy and plays, that seems to be a different defense. Edmonds is back looking like a freak of nature. And the way Josh Allen's been spinning it and slinging it, I mean, when he runs to his right and rips it across his body, Baldy, uh, 
I feel like the guy on the other end should be wearing catcher's gear and not just uh, some gloves to try to catch that thing. I think you need a, a face mask and a chest protector too. Uh, it's it's pretty special, and, and I think they're going to pressure that Pittsburgh defense with what they can do offensively, particularly outside. You know, we have seen Pittsburgh struggle to stop the run. Not that Buffalo's a great running team, but especially when teams spread them out and stretch them horizontally. Brian Dable likes to do that stuff. This this is going to be a great game. It's going to be a, it's a great game because it, it's, it's a prelude to what the AFC playoffs are going to look like. Because these are two playoff teams that may meet in the playoffs again. And, you know, when you watch Josh Allen against San Francisco last week, Jason, I mean, he was 32 of 40 statistically. But I counted at least four throwaways. Like, he didn't miss. Right. And it's the 49ers are no slouch. Richard Sherman's been in this league a long time and Jimmy Ward. I mean, they're no slouch out there at all. And he that he carved them up, like viciously car, carved them up. I mean, I mean, Cole Beasley's running seam routes against San Francisco, and he's putting it right on a tee to him. He looked like he had the command and control of, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he looked that comfortable and that good. And his arm is as good as anybody's in this business. And now it's, it, the arm has control. I mean, he's hitting, you know, if you're a pitcher, Jason, he's hitting the outside corners. Yes. You know, he's throwing chin music at you. Like, he's putting – when a quarterback can put it exactly where they want, I mean, that's a that's a dangerous combo. And Pittsburgh's a zone defense. And so they carved up San Francisco's zone. Um, Stephon Diggs can beat anybody in this business, anybody. Joe Hayden, I don't care, line anybody up. He can beat anyone. And then if you look at Gabriel Davis and, you know, I mean, the whole Isaiah Wright, whatever, Dawson Knox, um, and he's getting rid of it quickly too. And it just seems like Brian Dable, Josh Allen, and the whole offense has got a rhythm now. I know it's a week-to-week league, but, you know, I give Buffalo more than a fighting chance oh, yeah. to pull this off here uh, this Sunday. I am right there with you, Baldy. Um, and then last but certainly not least, it will be, well, not good, barring any crazy COVID stuff, it will be the final game of week 14 played on a Monday night yeah. in a traditional window. Ravens-Browns. They met week one, Baldy. I would say throw that tape out. Uh, <laughs> the Browns are a different team. The Ravens are a different team. Uh I, 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 I'm tempted to say the first team that, you know, gets to 230 yards rushing wins. Um, although Cleveland throwing the ball looks much better than Baltimore throwing the ball right now. Um, the Ravens will have a few more guys back in all likelihood off the COVID restricted list. And some guys who are feeling their way through the game on Tuesday will probably have their sea legs under them a little bit better by next Monday with more of a normal week of practice. Uh, I find myself leaning to the Browns here, Baldy. I think Miles Garrett is one of those other guys who last week coming off the COVID list, just getting back into the flow of things. I think he will be a really big problem for a right side of the Ravens offensive line that uh, is, is uh, let's just say vulnerable to say the least. Um, this could be a real statement game for the Cleveland Browns. Well, I was there on September 13th in Baltimore, you know, for the first game. And, you know, I mean, it was it got away from 
Baltimore and uh, from Cleveland yeah. early in that game. And, um, you know, and, and that's why you have to play the season. You know, you don't play this game on paper. So you're right. You, you don't watch that tape. You don't pay any attention to it. Um, Baltimore got back to a lot of their formations last night running the football. Patrick Ricard makes a big difference in there. Um, I don't know. You you might know more right now about the status of Mark Andrews than I do. Um, they really miss him offensively in the passing game. Yeah, he and Judon would be the key guys who, you know, as long as they test, you know, continue to test negative, those would be, you know, two critical guys they can have back for this game. Well, you know, it's interesting. So I, I did Cleveland, Tennessee on Sunday. And so I'm reading like, you know, I'm reading all this stuff about Miles Garrett and, you know, and, you know people – you know, guys get COVID and, you know, okay, just quarantine, you'll be fine. Well, that uh-uh. wasn't the case with Miles Garrett. No. His, both parents got it. He got it. And he said it flat out kicked his butt. Now, we're talking about a world-class premier athlete, okay, that is the flat-out best defensive end in football. And he literally had zero energy. He played Sunday, and he did get a sack Sunday, but he wasn't really Miles Garrett. Right. And so he said, I got to get on my Peloton. I got to get back in shape. I got to get be able to breathe again. And so, I mean, just a, a statement for everybody out there that thinks like this thing is the flu or whatever right. people think. Like we're talking about Miles Garrett that got crushed by this virus. All right. So it's it's to be taken seriously. But that being said, get back to the game. I, you know, just watching Baltimore last night, Jason, studying him here this morning. I mean, you know, like they 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 thumped Dallas really good and they looked a lot like they did, but you know Lamar's best runs really are when he drops back to pass and he doesn't yes. like anything; yes. he just takes off yes. with it. Yes. But you know when he throws the ball, you know you don't know where the ball's going to uh-huh. go. He just don't. Now I mean, he threw a beautiful touchdown pass to you know Hollywood in the end zone, but like that was off of a, a broken play, and so you know he missed one off a broken play, he bounced it off the turf, and he immediately like hung his head. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know we led the league in passing touchdowns and all that a year ago, but I mean, you got to, it's got to be a, there's got to be some level of your passing game that's got to be pinpoint. It's got to be, you know, with precision. And you just, you, you just don't see it. Now, Andrews makes a big difference. Yes. He, he's a big target and he loves throwing to him, especially on third down in the red zones where he can just really win with his athleticism and his size. But, um, you know, so that, that can make a big difference. But I, I, Cleveland has overcome. I mean, Denzel Ward didn't play last week, Jason. You didn't know the difference yeah. against Tennessee and two good wide receivers. I mean, young a lot of guys, B.J. Goodson, a lot of these guys have stepped up and played really well for Cleveland. You know, you got to look at the depth chart and the roster real closely to find out who some of these guys are. But they're really well coached. Um, look, Cleveland is not out of the running to win this division. Right. I don't think that's how they're thinking. But this team does not beat itself right now. This team is well coached. Stefanski has been a godsend for this group. Baker doesn't look anything like the train wreck he was a year ago or even early in the season right now. Man, I I think there'll be fans, you know, in the stands. I I don't know. Who knows what the weather is going to be like? Maybe that factors in coming, you know, a late front weather. But it's 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 going to be another one of those prelude to the AFC playoff games. Well, and it's a must win for ball for 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 Baltimore, Baldy. I mean, they 
they lose this game, you start looking at their conference record that they cannot afford any more AFC losses in particular. It's um, true. They lose this game. You're now you're really hoping Miami or the Raiders, somebody's got to fall apart for you to get in. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it should it should be it should be it should be fascinating. Um and we'll see. Uh I, I don't know, Baldy. There were a lot of people in this town kind of do taking victory laps after the Ravens traded for Unique and Gakwe. Yeah. Uh yeah. Hasn't I, I, I mean, hasn't hasn't impacted their I, mean, I haven't seen him show up yet. Uh-uh. No, he really has it. They, last night they had him going against the left tackle. Then you can try the right tackle. Try the left tackle again. Try the right tackle uh, against backups. It did. It didn't make a difference. Their 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 pass rushes and is an issue. Um, so that that could be certainly a big. But it's good seeing like I mean, Calais still is. You know, he's working his way back. But to get Wolf Calais Brandon Williams back um, after missing a lot of time, um, you know, he, I, I I have a feeling they have a chance to play themselves into better shape, more, more snaps, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was, you know, it, it's not a good offense line in Dallas right now. No. It's not a great test, you know, by any stretch. They'll see the league's best offense line on Sunday. So this, this, you know, in the trenches, it, it'll, it, it's going to be a good test for them. Yes, it will. Week 14, almost upon us. We're glad that you guys decided to, Start your football week with us here at Baldy's Breakdowns. Uh, we will do this again next Wednesday. As always, I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL. Um, hit us up uh, on Twitter. Check us out. Subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast products. And Baldy, I look forward to chatting again next week, my friend. 